Hello. Welcome, Hector. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. It is not entirely gray outside, and I am loving it. I hear it's sunny as, as can be, actually. Damn it, you Miami people. So I'm really excited about this, and um, I would love to start this conversation with uh, maybe having you walk through how you see what you do in sort of the context of uh, an industry and that's a little bit unique for you in that you get to pick uh, how you allocate your time across industries. So tell us a little bit about you and sort of how you think about the context in which you operate. So I basically have a direct responsibility, which is, which is getting things out the door in terms of, of uh, operations. And that is, I do that for, for our internal customer, which is a newspaper, as well as for um, third-party customers, uh, magazines, and, and things like that. So on a regular basis, I just try to, to make sure that everyone has all the tools that they need to, to get things done in a timely manner. What, what takes mo- up most of my my thought process is probably has more to do with, with being a director of the newspaper where my, my main concern is actual is the stability of the country itself, as well as um, making sure that we're, that we're financially stable enough to continue uh, doing that role. That feels like quite a heavy burden. Um, So talk to me about, so how you landed in uh, El Salvador and sort of what what it means to be thinking about your influence um, on the country and how you think about sort of just the, the nature of what you do. It's not just business. It's also a very big civic engagement. So what's the what, what landed you there and sort of what keeps you there? Well, what landed me there is family. I mean, this is a family business. So so I, I, I didn't much have a choice per se. And, and I was actually discussing this with, with another a friend of ours that, that the conversations at my dinner table weren't about, weren't about money. They weren't about, um, they weren't about business. They were about politics and about uh, macroeconomics in a sense of trying to, to see what always aware of, of, of what the administration was uh, of policy what the administration was suggesting, why it was wrong, why it was right in mo- in many countries of the world, actually, because, because you're always, as a newspaper, you're always looking at your peers, which are by definition in other countries, usually, and policy, you're, you compare it to other countries as well. So, so it's a very, it was a very rich conversation, but, but it never had to do with, with anything else, actually. <laughs> Interesting. So did you find it a shocker? Uh, you know, you grew up in conversations around politics and macroeconomics and ideas and, you know, just looking at broad, really broad sort of things around the world, how that applies to you, um, doesn't apply to you at a country level, and then you end up really needing to run a business. So how, how did you think about, or how did you make those connections where it wasn't you weren't sort of 
implicitly groomed to run a business, you were thinking about it from like a country perspective. So in some senses, maybe you would have been trained to be a politician, uh, just sort of by the dinner table conversations. And here you are running a business. How, how does that switch happen? Well, it happened. It happened by accident. And um, I, I don't think I would, I would, I wouldn't characterize my 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 upbringing as as being as being a, a trained to be a politician, but but I definitely was was being trained to 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 think through um, what the policy and and how to how to defend the country against politicians, basically. <laughs> Statesman, then. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, don't, I actually don't know what that, what you'd call it. But so when what happened was that that my father, who who writes to this day is a daily column, was basically he's he self. What's the word I'm trying to find? Exiled. Um. Uh, yeah, he self exiled to. Uh, twice in his life. First time was in the in the eighties, when there was a, a quasi military regime in in the country, and the second time was when the the communist regime entered the country at uh, at the uh, two thousand and four, I believe, and um, and so so he he basically got up and left and, and, and left my, um, my elder brother in charge and the three of us, which were three brothers, we basically entered the, the business in, at separate, at different levels, but always in a, a, a thrown into the, into the water, if you, if you will. So I entered directly into into the operations part because that's what comes easiest to me. And then because of that, I actually started getting better acquainted with all, with all the moving parts in the business more so than, than, than perhaps uh, if I would have entered in any other level or any other uh, at any other point. You spend time you you spend time in Miami and you spend time in El Salvador. What what is the one thing that people who do business in America don't understand about doing business in most of Latin America, or let's just say El Salvador? I think it's a lot messier. I think that 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 Latin America, one of these, they don't understand. I would say they don't understand how well things work here, and so they. They are shielded a, a bit from from certain realities that are a day to day situation in in other countries. Curiously enough, in one of our classes in in, uh, in Kellogg, the the professor made this. He was he was a Latin professor. He made this uh, gesture, and he said, "You know what is this?" And everybody, basically, the everyone from 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 third world countries knew exactly what it was, and the Americans had no clue. 
And it was basically how you have to physically be signing checks hmm. on a daily basis because everyone uh, manages themselves, themselves purely on a cash basis. And so the, there, are, there are certain things that, that, that you're not used to, to things not working the way they should be in a sense of, of understanding how, how worse they can actually be. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. And it certainly resonates, right? Um, growing up in India and sort of seeing the, like the everyday transactions are a lot smoother, which in turn allows you to have a lot of mind space for actual um, like thinking as opposed to just sort of everyday, like did this transaction happen? You can sort of take that for granted here in a way that it's not necessarily the case that that would happen um, at least from from my time growing up in India. Well, I think like also um, I definitely came from a, a, a good situation where I already have no family business, you're, you have a stable, a stable um, situation economically and, and, and socially. But even in El Salvador, you, it's the realities of life are still, are still visible to you. They're still present. You still have to deal with them on a daily basis because everybody around you is, has to deal with them. So I think there's, there is, um, there isn't that barrier between the, uh, different human realities in, mm-hmm. in, in, in our countries, yeah. I guess. And which, which in the United States, you can, you can be completely isolated from anyone who's not living your life. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, for me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest challenge, I, I guess, would that, that being such a, so prosperous a country that, um, can can have on your on yeah. your psyche um as so you, you've navigated a lot of really difficult situations um and i think at some point anybody who's talked to you has sort of hopefully heard a story or two um as you look back what what is a place where you say you you look back and you think it was it was a it was a mistake uh, but in retrospect, it was uh, it was a mistake you're you're glad you made, um, or something that seemed at the time like a failure, and sort of um, looking back, really set you up to be able to do something that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise that you're proud of. In my case, it's probably when I moved to Panama. Um, my whole experience in Panama was was just uh, was was masochistic uh, in a way they it, it never it never went it never moved the way I wanted it to but but in retrospect that's when I, that's when I did the most growth I guess both uh, professionally and, and and personally so talk, talk me through the story like how did why did you end up there and sort of what were you doing? So why did I, I ended up there because we were because of fear, basically. We had um, we had the situation where where the communist regime had just taken over 
the uh, the presidency, and so they they are very anti um, democracy, anti uh, capitalism. They were directly anti us as media, as as a family as well, because my father had been extremely critical. That's when when he decided to to uh, to self exile. So we thought we needed to move to have a, a foothold somewhere else, just in case. And so we opened uh, uh, operations in another country, uh, in this case Panama, because because of the political, the relative political stability was still uh, in our region. It was uh, dollarized, and so we moved there. We opened up operations there to to try and create another stable foothold uh, as a family and as a and as a financial pillar hmm. to to the to the media business. So if it, if everything went down went south in in El Salvador, they um, the operations in Panama would would be able to sustain the the operations in El Salvador, basically. So that that's that's why I ended up there. It was about the same time, um, and mm. it's two thousand eight when when the when everything all of this happened. So the so we didn't do it for the right reasons, and that's what I learned in retrospect. We did it for the wrong reasons. We didn't we we didn't do the the, the proper due diligence. We didn't do the proper uh, market studies. We didn't do the proper um, synergy analysis so we we went there mainly with uh still thinking about el salvador still still thinking about about um about politics and so so it 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 was basically dead on arrival so so the entire time i was in panama i was i was basically uh taking care of a trying to keep something alive that wasn't supposed to be alive. Hmm. And, and how did you come to the decision that it needed to, like that your time in Panama was no longer useful, that you needed to move back home? Oh, when, when um, I came to that decision for, for through two reasons. The first, the first one was because, because it it became unsustainable. Like I, I every time, uh, I wasn't I wasn't progressing as fast as it was um, deteriorating, and and when I actually got better at what I was doing, I began realizing the major flaws that it that were inherent in in the in the business. So when I tried to fix those flaws, that's when I began to understand that we, that we hadn't started off for the right reasons to begin with. So those reasons were still affecting the decisions of the business. They were still affecting the decision at the board level where, where the thought process was just, was just not, uh, in sync with with the survival of the company, so when we, when I tried to change the whole process, I realized that that I wasn't going to win the 
that battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it takes an, a remarkable amount of sort of insight and courage to be able to recognize that and sort of like acknowledge it and, and pivot. What what kept you grounded during that time? Um, if you think about either values or or things that sort of help you think through or believe in your ability, like that you're doing the right thing, um, because you're 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 nearly at the top. You're at the top. Um, everybody looks to you to think about. You know, they take guidance from you, not just in instruction, but also in temperament in. Um, in the motion. Um, so what kept you grounded? Well, I have, um, what kept me grounded is also what, what made it difficult for me to, to succeed. You know, like the, the, the cliche that your strengths are your weaknesses. The, um, what kept me grounded is that I'm not per se a very, uh, emotional person. (laughs) And, um, and so I, what what I did usually is that I would come home to my family. I would come home to my house. I would come home to my friends. And I would just disconnect from from the business itself. I could I always slept well. That's that's the main uh that's what kept me grounded. Because at the end of the day, um I was aware that I didn't, that the world didn't end, I guess, mm. that day. And so and I had to be, I had to be up tomorrow and, and I had to, uh, and I had to f- try and, and move the ball forward again. Uh, even if it was, uh, if it was a little by the time, by, by little by bit, little by little, but, but that was also what, what, what made this drag a lot, drag out so long and what made it, because I was there about six years, what made it drag out so long and what made my success in a way uh, difficult because I had to aggressively fight back against all these things that were, that were, um, that were impeding its, its success. And since I wasn't emotional about, about the failure, I wasn't equally motivated to, to just push through all the, all the obstacles. Does that make sense? That's fascinating. Like I didn't, I just didn't have the, the, um, the, I guess I didn't care aggressively enough. Right. So it's like the difference between caring aggressively and then, um, you know, showing other people that you care aggressively who don't think the same way as you do. Um, yeah, you, really you, 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 you have to, you know, you, you have to fight for things. Yep. And if, and if you're, and if, and that same drive to fight usually makes it so difficult to fail. And then, um, and so since I was, since my, my in my head, I was trying to sustain. If I if I kept it, uh, because I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't see how to how to change the things that were actually um, avoiding its actual success. So I, every time I would I would hit that 
the barrier which which um which I don't want to get into right now actually <laughs> what the barriers exactly were but um but when every time I hit that barrier I I decided to to just um try a new a new path hmm. and and it didn't and I'm still fighting those barriers today actually as as you think about this is there do you have a favorite quote that you go back to often um in difficult times yeah i was i was i was trying to think of one um my my brain isn't that disciplined i don't i don't have this like <laughs> this this uh this quote on my on my mirror or 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 anything like that i guess what what i what i actually believe in is is basically you have to love yourself and you have to strive to toys do better so if you're so one of the things that going back to to what kept me going one of the things that kept me going was the fact that i felt i was growing all the time so even if the the company was for a while it was it was it was doing better and better and better but it just never it never managed to get uh, through critical mass like to get over the hump um i definitely was was improving on a consistent basis through this whole process so on a, on a personal level i was growing and um and i think that's that's the the best thing you can you can strive for be be a better better you than than you were yesterday hmm. <laughs> as as you think about this this is this is fascinating and um one thing i'm always curious about is if um what keeps you intellectually sustained um, like happy. So if you think about things that you're reading right now that are really interesting uh, or you're really uh, looking forward to, um, books, podcasts, whatever, um, what would that be? Well, I was... Uh, curiously enough, I have a couple of books that I did. Given, given the fact that I'm stuck in Miami, I don't, I don't have... I, don't, I, I have the books that I have. And um, it was, I have The Intelligent Investor, which is something that, that I'm reading not only for the, for the course, which is a value investing, but also because, because I've always, I had actually bought the book before, before, before deciding to take the course. Um, I have 36 Hours, which is a book about how to, how to take care of, of Alzheimer's. Uh, patients huh. because um, I think my my mother might be beginning to show signs of it I have a book on the gift of dyslexia because my daughter is showing signs of having dyslexia and I have uh, notes from the underground I don't know why, <laughs> but I bought that one. 
and um, those are those are the books that I have right now on my. On my I bed. actually have uh, the gift of dyslexia on my reading list um, right now. Oh, you do? Um, yeah, I'm coming. I'm 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 pretty sure that I have a mild form of dyslexia. Um, well, I I I have um. So my my daughter was having certain issues at school and 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 the teachers were really scared to talk to me because to talk to us as as parents because um they usually apparently parents don't 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 like anything that's wrong with their kids <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> surprise surprise so so they get like really defensive and really aggressive and all these things but but um but I had actually known a bit about dyslexia uh, to to the point where when they said it, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll just have to work through it because um, what I had understood about it was, um, and the reason I, I'm, I bought the book is to understand more, but um, what I had understood about it was it's just, just a different wiring in your brain. And it's, and it's actually if you can get through the 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 challenging side it's it's usually so much more enriching on on the positive side so it's it's curious because that's those are one of the things that that if if you're helped through it then you have actual advantages over other people mm-hmm. Then yeah. over the normal brain, say, <laughs> and so that's that's um, it's exciting actually. <laughs> and to, to go back to, to to your to your question about uh, intellectual um, curiosity, what what I seem I like to deep dive on a subject, and so I'll go. I'll go well into it for three or four months or, or whatnot until I feel that I understood it and then I'll move on to something else. And so when I, when, when I encounter it three years later or, or whenever it is, I encounter it, I actually went deep. So, so when I encounter it again, I, I have a, I know something about it that 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 um that I didn't know before. So so it helps me in in terms of 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 putting tools in, in my in my head that that I actually um that come out in bizarre places later on in life. Yeah. Now it's sort of it's like the compounding interest of learning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, one last question for you. It's it's a pretty grim tr- time right now. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on that that isn't exactly exciting. Um, the coronavirus, the stock market, um, rising unemployment. Um, in this scenario, what makes you hopeful for the world three or five years from now? In this scenario, what makes me hopeful for the world? 
uh, people. <laughs> I think that that I think that people are 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 amazing creatures and 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 will will figure will figure it out. I don't I don't I don't particularly I, I see I see the world on pause right now. It's 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 a bit scary because I'm not sure what what is uh what the the truth is, what the reality of the situation is because we're we're all stuck in our in our houses right now. So we don't we don't get to see it firsthand. But um but I think that 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 humanity and 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 even society has gone through things a lot worse than this. So I don't consider it a, at all a, a real stop. I guess I'm I'm I mean war is much worse than this. Mm. So this is when when this passes, it passes. And then just and and then nothing's just nothing's really destroyed. It's just on pause. I mean, except the except the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that too will recover if history is anything to go by. I mean, it, what you, something has to has to give. Something is going to change the, the the behavior or or the um, or how how humans, I don't know, how society interacts with each other, maybe maybe governments as well. But but I haven't, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's amazing to, to see how, how people are, are handling it to begin with. And I think it's gonna, it's going to do something for, this society in particular in the US that it actually lacks in a way, which is it's gonna bring a lot of families together. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an opportunity for, for a lot of people to to really get to know their kids, to get to know their spouses, um, to get to know their, their parents if 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 um if if they if they're if they're together and and that's that's something that you see on on a social level and in, in on a cultural level in in, in movies and, and shows and all these things and books that people read here and that they don't they don't have that connection with their families you know and and, and yours and, and mine are are stuck in another country <laughs> so i mean it's it's still a it's still um it's still going to be something that that's going to surprise a lot of people here i think so and on that hopeful note this has been such a treat thank you thank you <laughs>